This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Our Way. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. end. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mark, giving me fingers there, what's that all about? Well, not, not actually, because we're not even in the same room. That would be a bit weird if we were doing that live on the podcast. That would be, yeah, you're right. Uh, see, that must be record time to lower the tone, must it? <laughs> yeah, a finger and joke within the first 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, Mr Johnny Seven here with Mark Mach over there in sunny Thornton. You tell people where they live here. I'm going to get the paparazzi out of my house. What are you doing? <laughs> up trees, up your bed. Right, so um, uh, good feedback from last week's show. It's good to be back, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good to get a, a first show of the season done. Um, I do prefer the ones where they're both in the same room. I must admit, I don't like this over the internet malarkey, but needs must. Yeah, and it's been a ball ache to sort out. Um, so the levels might be a little bit off, but you just bear with us. Yeah, so I think we're going to start today's podcast with a, a little look back over last night's game. We're recording Friday afternoon today, so at this point we know we're through to the next round of the Europa, and we also know we were playing in the next round, but more about that in a minute. Yeah, uh, and every time the commentator said the, the, the name last night, I couldn't get you singing out of my head. Rizumba Rock, Rizumba Rock. <laughs> so, cheers, Well, man. I'm... I'm surprised that Andy Townsend didn't break into it and all. And all honestly, why is he back on the telly? Ah, uh, I don't know. Because ITV4 has been relegated to like it's like room one hundred one of TV, isn't it? ITV4. I um, always get the distinct impression that Andy Townsend really doesn't like Evan. Yeah, probably doesn't. He's probably where's he from? Uh, well, Ireland. I don't know. Probably not Ireland if he played for the Republic. Do you reckon he probably like grew up a red. Probably did, didn't he? Little snide. Anyway, less about Andy Townsend and more about the uh, the Blues, which is why you're all listening. Uh, when the team news came in, a few changes. Pickford came in, uh, and it looked like it was going to be a three-five-two formation, two up out and out up top. Um, but by the very nature of the two lads up top, you knew that there'd be a little bit of like interplay there, uh, and that's how it kind of played out really wasn't it but, um, Tom Davies came in right wing back Bainsey on the left uh, what, who else didn't who else came in oh, Jack uh, was, came Tom in. Davis came in from the first leg Sandro obviously uh, and uh, Jags came in in a, in a three centre backs didn't he which surprised me because he played the left hand side of the three which um, potentially isn't his best position really out of the three but I think it was explained last night that it's purely because uh, Williams can't run and is a, a bit slow so, and you always play your slowest as the centre of the three yeah um, well it, it, it gave um, Keane a little bit of a licence to bomb forward a little bit as well didn't it like, he knew he had two covering for him and he got up quite a little bit It'll be interesting yeah. It does. I say whenever you play a back three, it always does give one of your three centre backs a little bit of a license to roam. Uh, you see it with like the likes of David Luiz at Chelsea, um, but um, I 
don't think it particularly worked great last night, um, but I'm not sure whether that was just due to the fact that a lot of players didn't perform very well. Yeah, it wasn't the best of games, really. It was. Um, we we recorded a little bit before, and I think you you, you said um, it was just like about getting the job done. Um, yeah, in whatever way we had to, and, and I think that's what we did in the end. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to highlight how much of sort of the players were off the boil a little bit, who would be your man of the match? Just a quick one, I know it's early in the, in the review, but who would you choose as man of the match? For me, it's probably Calvert-Lewin for the 15 minutes he got. Well, I don't know, to be honest, I, I did like I liked the link-up play, the interplay between Sandro, Rooney and Klassen again, and... The through, I thought the through ball. From... Really, I, I, I thought in particular Rooney and Klassen were just anonymous. I thought they were awful. Mm, I don't know, but there was like quite, a, quite a few little step overs and like little uh, one-two touch uh, passes. And it's very early days, and that gave me hope that they could build some kind of like, three-way kind of. Part- can you have a three-way partnership? I think you can, can't you? Um, a menage a trois. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, you know, Klassen put the ball through for Calvert-Lewin as well, so maybe Klassen, I don't, I don't I don't, even know. It just wasn't that great a performance, but I'm just trying to take a few positives out of it. You know, you say about Calvert-Lewin, do you think he could potentially be uh, an achievey of this season's uh, Europa campaign? Um. Possibly, you know, in a different way, coming off the bench, I think it probably suits him at the moment. Um, he certainly injected a bit of energy and a bit of speed into the front line yesterday, which is something we were sorely lacking right the way through the game. The pace was pedestrian at times, um, you know, particularly going forward. Um, and I, I've got it all my hand up, you know. I know it's very early days. I don't want to write the lad off. Um, but... Rooney just doesn't look like he can run. I don't know. He, he, he didn't really have to, did he? I mean, it, it was just one of those. We just had to just... I mean, maybe, maybe stuff like that, you know, motivation or whatever. You know, he's pretty much done it all now, hasn't he? So, playing against teams like that, I know, as it gets into the later rounds, they won it last year, so maybe... That's when you'll get going properly, I don't know. But that's no good for Everton. We need them to get going from the start, don't we? We need. To, I mean, I, I just sat there last night thinking, if we play like this against Stoke next week, we get beat. And then the fixtures get ridiculously difficult from then on in for the, you know, for the next month or so. So um, we need to fly out of the traps and... As you say, we did what we had to do, but that performance over the two legs didn't instill me with confidence that we're going to fly out of the traps. I think they were very much like pre-season games. But it wasn't. A, they weren't friendlies, were they? That three points. No, I know, but but they very much liked them and the way they were played and it, it, the, the fitness levels and like the gelling at the side uh, the side together. I think you know we've got. Uh, Sunday's game to come against uh, Sevilla and then um, then we'll see we'll see next week I mean I, I don't I've, I've got no real worries though it's going to take some time when you spend all that money on and bring new players in yeah I agree I mean you know 
Hold on, who, who else did you say Zenit. got knocked out then? Because uh, you cut out a little bit for the first one. Uh, PSV got knocked out, Bordeaux got knocked out, and Zenit just about scraped through. But we, we made sure we were in the hat, and we heard the draw this morning. And uh, who have we got, Mark? We've got Hadjuk Split. Hadjuk Split? Yeah, I, I know you're gonna, you've researched how to pronounce this, but every scouter is going to say Hadjuk Split. Well, I... Because we were doing a podcast, which is going to be aired all over the place, it's just not coming up on the telly now, actually. Um, I thought I'd best learn how to actually say it. Because I used to I always call them Hajduck Split as well. So, But it's apparently it's Hajduck Split. HK Hajduck Split. Well, right, OK. Um, what I do know about them is that they're from Croatia, capital city. Um, Port one for the Travel Blues. The, the ground holds about 34,000. So there should be uh, a much bigger ticket allocation than there was for Rizumarok. Um And they are a very hostile team, shall we say. Uh, and I think it could be a bit of a, a, a hairy trip uh, over there for any of the, the Blues fans going over there. They do like a fight, apparently. Yeah, so just going back to the Rizumarok games uh, over the past, uh, past week, um, what positives can we take from it? Well, there's not many. Um, I think, you know, two clean sheets, I suppose you could say, is always a good sign. Pickford making his debut and getting a clean sheet on his debut. Um, I think certain players over the two legs have looked like they're gonna, they're, they've come back through the summer sort of looking fit. I think Bainsey's looked quite fit. Garner has been mobile, got around. Um, other than that, I'd say you're struggling a little bit. I don't know, it's quite quite pessimistic outlook, that, isn't it? It's like, we're, we're through. You know, previous years, we, you know, we might not have played well in games like that and we probably wouldn't have got through. So, I, I guess it was professional. I know that's a boring term to use, but get the job done. We had a few scares at Goodison and we went over there and did the job last night. You know, didn't concede and then finished them off towards the end. So, I, I think that's positive overall. I mean, the main positive is, as you say, we're in the hat, uh, we're in the next round, you know, it's helped, I suppose, with our fitness preparations for the in the pre-season, so uh, yeah, let's put it behind us and, and move on to uh, Hajduk Split, or however you pronounce it. Yeah, if you think about those two games though, you know, in, last year when we were in Europe, those games would probably be against someone like... Oldham or someone like that, wouldn't they? So, it was a, two competitive games. It's a taste of what to expect if we get through to the group stages. So, and we we managed to do do the job. So, that's what I'm taking out of it anyway. Uh, well, in that case, let's leave it there and play the jingle. News. I suppose to start off, we could talk about um, what we have just been talking about, Hajduk split. So when do those games take place? The Well, it basically gives us a, a very difficult two weeks due to the fact that the home leg is Thursday the 17th of August. Uh, that is then followed up 
by uh, Man City away on Monday the 21st of August. We then go out to split Thursday the 24th and then it's back to London for Chelsea away on the 27th. So four games in 10 days um, and they're not easy. And it was all, yeah, they were already tough anyway. It was going to be a tough couple of games. So even tougher now, you know, especially that Chelsea one, you know, being away there and then coming back and going down to London. It's uh, it doesn't bode well, I don't think. But this is what this is what you're in it for, isn't it? So this is why we're we're building a bigger squad, and hopefully, the boys will do the biz. There could be two ways to look at this because you could look at it in the fact that. The two games that we've got, we're playing around the, the time of these European games are Chelsea and City away. So, realistically, if you think with your head and not your heart, what would you expect to get from them games? Would you be happy with two points, perhaps? Of course. But, so, even if we get beat about them games, we've missed out on two points. Whereas, say, if we were playing, I don't know, let's say, Brighton and... Somebody else who isn't particularly great. Teams that you'd expect to go and get three points at. Um, it could affect us winning those games, couldn't it? Through fatigue, through the time of the matches. Um, so, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe it's better playing those sides after the European games. But the problem is, the fact that we're playing those sides and they're going to be so challenging, they, they might have a knock-on effect on the Europa games though mightn't they so our performances might dip there because they're knackered yeah I don't know is the answer we, we wait and see maybe we can win all four maybe yeah. we can just go the whole season without ever losing a game yeah, what yeah. well I mean some people are believing that already aren't they yeah some people did get a little bit carried away but I think uh, the, the Europa game should have sort of gave people a bounce back down to reality, I think. Yeah. Uh, one player who uh, might be in the squad and might not be, and it's going to be going on for the whole summer, I think, uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Will he be an Everton player by the time those games come around, Mark? Well, earlier on this week, I, you know, all the news is pointing as if the transfer would be done by the end of this week. Um, you know, even people connected to Swansea, Paul Clements has come out saying he can't do anything till the transfer is done. Uh, Leon Britton, the club captain, says he expects Sigurdsson to leave. So everything is indicating that it's about to get be be done. Um, so yeah, I would say yes. I'm surprised it hasn't already been done. In all honesty, we've had two bids knocked back. I think 45 million should seal the deal. Um, and I'm hoping it'll get done this weekend. Was uh, Leon Britton when he when he made his comments? Was it whilst being filmed by a bunch of fans while he was out pissed on a night out? No, you're getting them mixed up with Darren Gibbs. Oh, yeah, of course. Now it was uh, it was in the BBC Five Live studio, so it's a, a, a little bit more credible. I don't think he'll be getting a disciplinary for it. <laughs> that was nuts. That video, wasn't it? It was, and we all know that Darren Gibson likes uh, a sherry or two, don't we, from his time at Everton. However, you know, if you think, if you look at what he actually said, he probably shouldn't have said it on camera, but I, I think there was a lot of truth to it. 
I think, but you know, was it on camera? Someone stood there. Of course, you you can't say anything these days in case someone's got a phone pointed at you. Um, but you know, he's he's there with a bunch of lads in Sunderland. You know, I think he's been blindsided a little bit there. But you know, he's got to expect it. Yeah, but you know yourself, we've been around enough like ex footballers, people connected to Everton, and we've been around them when they've been drinking. They still don't. Just start slagging the manager or the team off or anybody else, do they? Because they're aware that that could happen. Training would have been awkward when he went back in, wouldn't it? Yeah, very interesting, yeah. Um, another potential new face, if Sigurdsson does come in, uh, Wesley Hoyt, I think I'm pronouncing that alright, 23, Dutch centre-back. Yeah, uh, possibly coming from Lazio. I see that you didn't research how to pronounce his name properly. I'm going to go Hoyt as well, but it's one of those words that you look at and you, I've got no clue how to pronounce. If we're going to pronounce uh, it the same way you do Hajduk Split, we could say his name is Hoed. You could, yeah, you could, yeah. Um, the proposed fee is about twelve million. For what I know about him, which isn't particularly much. Uh, he's, he's very highly rated for his age. Uh, he's a predominantly a centre back, but a left-sided centre back, uh, and can also cover at left back. So, um, pretty much fits the bill from what I was talking about last week. Yeah, he could be our new big foo, couldn't he, Funes? Potentially. Another centre back who's made the news this week: Jags signed a new deal. Yeah, one-year deal for Jags. Um, I think that crushed the hopes of a few uh, supporters at Sheffield United who were hoping that they might have a chance of getting him back. But obviously, he started the game this week. I think he's probably going to be get a few games if Koeman decides to play that that three of the back formation. Um, so yeah, I'm you know I'm made up. I think he deserved another year. I don't think he he, he doesn't look like he's finished or anything. So. Uh, makes sense. I'd still rather see him in, in uh, alongside Keane uh, rather than Williams, to be honest. Even though Williams has got cool hair? Um, yeah, even though. One fella who's um, gone out for the season, Keenan Dow's gone to Forest for the year. Yeah, we were discussing this a little bit last week, I think, you know, whether he'd sort of be in and around the first team or with the under-23s. But I think this is probably the best compromise, really. When you look at it, you know, he's won that under-23 league last year. He's, you know, had a few tiny little cameos for the first team. He's been out with England. He's won the World Cup at his, his age group. So he's pretty much done everything he can now at youth football. Um, so this makes sense. Next stage of his development, go out, play for the championship side. Forest are a good team as well, big stadium, you know, good following. Um, I think it's perfect for him. Do you think if the Sigurdsson deal was dead, that he'd still go out on loan? Mm, yeah, I think he probably would. I think there's still enough competition for places there. Um, the only thing I don't like about the deal is seeing him pictured in a red kit. Yeah, that not was, good uh, that was a bit galling. Yeah, didn't like that. So, other potential outs? Uh, Adam Lennon potentially off to Watford? Yeah, there's been a lot of talk this week about going out on a season-long loan. Um, we talked last week, we thought maybe Birmingham might be 
a potential destination. But Watford, I suppose, would uh, allow him to stay in the Premier League. And also, I'm sure he's got friends and family down in London from his time at Spurs. So, um, as we discussed last week, it's got to be the right move for Adam, hasn't it? After the uh, the troubles he's had over the last 12 months. So, uh, decisions with him, I suspect. Yeah, uh, and the Barkley saga continues. Yeah, um, it's been fairly quiet in all honesty. Uh, well, I mean, know. the start of the week, Chelsea were going to start a bidding war. Yeah, that hasn't come to fruition. There's now talk that Newcastle may be interested. Um, I, I, I still think he'll go to a club bigger than Newcastle, I honestly do. I still yeah. think he'll go to one of the, the top sides, but as a bit part player. If he went to Newcastle, he'd play every game. I, that would potentially be a better move for his career, I suppose, but um, I don't think that's what he's interested in at the minute. Yeah, I mean, I can't really see his advisors. You know, tell, he's, They're going to be telling him he's far too big for Newcastle, aren't they? Well, I would, you would suggest that that is exactly what they'll be telling him, but I think in a way they'd probably be wrong. However... Um, yeah, I don't. You know my thoughts on how badly advised he's been. Well, if they're telling them he's too big for Everton, then they must be telling him he's too big for Newcastle. Or was Alan Pardew right? Uh, no, Alan Pardew is definitely not right. <laughs> he is a not right. <laughs> uh, so, one one other potential out. No, sorry, two other potential outs. We've got Nias potentially off to Brighton. Yeah, there's been talk again that the Brighton are interested in it again. I think we said last week, you know, if you look at what he did a whole last week, I, I expected the newly promoted side to be sniffing around him. Um, he scored goals for the promoted side, so, and that's generally where new sides coming into the league struggle. They struggle in front of goal. Maybe the strikers are not quite up to the, the Premiership level coming up from the Championship. So, um, yeah, you know, I could see why he would be linked linked with the likes of Brighton. He's made so much progress with us as well, hasn't he? He actually got a squad number. Yeah, he's actually been allowed into Finch Farm now. He just doesn't hang round at the front gates getting autographs from players as they come out in the car at the end. Another potential out. Kenny uh, out on loan. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a bit looser than the other ones for the fact that I don't think he's particularly been linked with any clubs. Um I think just the fact that Dowell's gone out is, and the fact that Kenny wasn't even in the travelling squad last night has just put a question mark on whether, not over his future with Everton in any way, but just whether he may also follow Dowell out on, on the loan path this season, get some uh, valuable playing experience under his belt. One we didn't mention, though, uh, it, it appeared early on in the week that um, Callum Connolly was key to the Swansea uh, to the Guilfi Sigurdsson deal um, whether we were willing to sacrifice him as part of a player plus cash deal there and um, how highly thought of he is I, I, I don't know should should we be sacrificing players like that well I, I don't know particularly how much cash he would represent again I, if it was a case of we pay 45 million or whatever their asking price is plus they want Connolly on loan for the season then yeah, I've got no issue with that at all. I think it would be a good move for him, especially if he can get playing time. Um, but I wouldn't want to sort of give one of our younger players away if it can be avoided. Yeah, definitely. I definitely share that opinion. 
Um, so there's the transfer potential ins and outs. Uh, you, you put down on our list here. Um, we do actually make notes, folks. Not that you could be, uh, necessarily believe that. Uh, a bit of an injury recap. Good to see Coleman back on uh, on what the recovery track. So go on. Oh, on track, I thought for a minute that he played last night or something and I missed him, I was going to say. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't remember him coming on. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, Coleman, he's just he's just one of them characters, isn't he? You can tell he'll be desperate to get back and he seems to be doing all the right things. Um, it's still going to be a long road to recovery and I, I don't expect really to... When, when, have you got any idea when they're actually saying, is it... After Christmas, is it around the New Year? I think it. Yeah, I think I, I think it'll be around Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I I, I just hope you know they don't rush him back. That's that's the, the main thing. Uh, I'd let him do all his healing up, his rehab, and even then, once he's rehabbed, I, I'd then take it very slowly with him as well. Because what you don't want is is getting some sort of knock on injury from him not being a hundred percent ready. You know, it's very easy once you come back from a leg breaking to to then start getting issues with muscles, thighs, and groins and everything else. So, um, and again, the same with Balassi as well. Who I think also at the moment still looking sort of New Year. Yeah, and Big Foo looks like he potentially later than that, isn't it? It looks like he's going to miss most of the season. It could be back maybe February or March. Yeah, I think he's also hedging his bets at the moment. He put out a tweet the other day saying about how his heart is with River Plate and he, he will return to River Plate one day. So maybe he, he thinks the right might be on the wall a little bit with his Everton career. Yeah, it'd be a shame. No, I, I really like him as a player. The next little bit we've got is great gesture by the club. Uh, benefit game, charity game, uh, in remembrance of Bradley Lowry. Yeah, it's obviously to celebrate the life of Bradley Lowry and also to, to raise funds for charity. Uh, it's going to take place at Goodison Park on September the 3rd. Uh, and it is uh, a celebrity game, basically. Um, Do you think me and you will get a call? I, no, well, no, I think it's more sort of B and C-list celebrities rather than the, the, the A-listers that we are, son, so... Uh, no, I think we're, we're more likely to get called off a soccer raid or something, I would have thought. Yeah, maybe. Um, but the two team managers have been announced. Um, one is a big banger, Tony Bellew, and the other one has got big bangers, Katie <laughs> Price. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah, good. It's good, that, wasn't it? Um, I think I'd definitely be supporting the Tony Bellew team. Yeah, yeah that was... A pretty random choice. Does it, does that really have Sunderland got no famous fans at all? I've got no idea. Um, yeah, Katie Price. I, I I am sort of questioning her history on Football Manager, for example. I doubt she's won uh, many league and European doubles. Do you reckon she tries to buy every attacking midfielder, right, left, centre as well? Potentially, yeah. I bet you she doesn't buy Dwight York. <laughs> Probably not, no. Um, but saying that, I think she has got extensive in-and-out knowledge of a lot of footballers, so um, you, you, you never know. I'm throwing some shade here now. Yeah, you are, you're a sly ass. 
Yeah, so um, some of the people who have been announced, and you'll have to bear with me because I probably won't have a clue who these people are. Uh, X Factor winner Sam Bailey. What do you know about his career, John? Zero, nothing at all. He won the X Factor, didn't he? I've got no idea. Um, people I do know from Soccer AM, Cubes, and Frankie Fryer. Oh, well, yeah, I like them too. Yeah, um, stars of Boy Band Blue, Simon Webb, Lee Ryan, and Anthony Costa. Yeah. Uh, and the one I'm most looking forward to, Ian Beale from EastEnders. No. I, I'm not messing. Isn't he? He's a dirty cop, I though, isn't he? he? Well, he'd have to be, wouldn't he? He is. He is definitely a red. Um, I can't see Ian Beale being any good at footy. No, I can't. Uh, do you reckon the bomber will be having a little kick about himself? I think the bomber will have a, a bit of a game, yeah. Um, and then I think the rest of the team will be padded out by yeah, Made in Chelsea, Love Island, whatever else, no hoopers. No former but, players? No what? No former players? Uh, yeah, I think there probably will be the, the odd one or two. Um, but I'm giving them a bit of stick here, but no, they're all doing it for charity. It's a good cause and I strongly uh, suggest any Blues with a free time that day get down to the ground and uh, throw some money in the bucket. It's mad, isn't it, how we've kind of got this relationship with, you know, how had this relationship with the, the, the Bradley Lowry and his family and stuff. It's like, you know, he's a kid from Sunderland who happened to be a mascot on that day. And we just kind of adopted him as, as one of our own. I think it's just every, every bit of our kind of journey with them has been classy. And it's just great to see the club do something right um, in in that way. I think I think it stemmed, didn't it, from on on the initial day when the club paid the two hundred thousand that day he was the mascot. I think it all sort of stemmed from there. Obviously, the the gesture from the club uh, brought it to a lot of Blues' attention and, and put us put it in the media, uh, and that's where the relationship then stemmed from. Yeah, yeah. Class. So, uh, just moving on from that, uh, another friendly game. Uh, this one's not for charity, uh, but it's our final pre-season warm-up game against Seville coming up on Sunday. Yeah, it's at Goodison. Um, it's sort of been lost in the mix a little bit, I think, due to the fact that we've had the Europa games. Uh, the weird thing is, as well, a ticket for the the first leg of the Europa £15 for adults, a ticket for the friendly against Seville, uh, which now hasn't re- even got sort of the glory of, you know, seeing the new signings for the first time at Goodison. A ticket for that's £20, makes no sense. I think they should have probably done it for the tenner. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Do you think it's going to be a good turnout? Uh, usually that gets a fairly good crowd, doesn't it? That last friendly. Um, I, no, I can only see probably sort of. 20,000 tops maybe um, I mean Seville are a good side they've got some decent players so they'll be a good side to go and watch but I just think the fact that it's come between the Euro games and then we've got Stoker just next weekend um, I don't think it'll be a great attendance I, I don't think it's going to be a, a I mean ideally you'd want to see a good settled side but the fact that we've had the, 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 the game in Slovakia last night it's 
it's going to make things a little bit awkward, isn't it? It's, it's. Uh, I don't think you're going to get a full, set, a full strength side. Um. So, what are you paying for? You know, you're going to go and watch them go through the motions a little bit. It is just a very awkward one. You'd want to see something a game like this. Uh, if we qualified for Europa, you know, outright, but we we've already had you know competitive games, and now we've got this. I just can't see them. You know, risking anything with the Stoke game coming up so fast. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's just gonna be a you know a fitness booster. I think more than anything. Potentially, you could see Gilfie Sigurdsson paraded at half time. That could be the highlight of the occasion. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think you'll you'll see uh, Morales come in again. I reckon you'll probably. I don't think you'll see Sandro and Rooney both starting. Um, you'll probably see Jags. Uh, I don't think you'll see Klassen. And I don't think you'll see Davies, a, a, a right wing back again. But I think you'll probably see him in midfield. But I think you need to be resting players like um, like Garner Gay and players like that now who are going to be so crucial uh, in that yeah, I could, game. Yeah, I could certainly see Gareth Barry starting a game. I could see Luckman getting some playing time. Uh, you know... As you said, I think there'll be changes, and with it being a friendly as well, you know, you can make a raft of substitutions. You can play a different team second half to the first. Uh, so yeah, um, but I'm not not overly excited for it. I must admit. All right. Anyway, we're going to just play you our uh, social media links, and then we're just going to have a little short break, and then come back, and we'll have a, a, a talking point about how we think we'll fare next season. Back in a sec. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. So we're going to have our predictions show next week where we'll talk about where we where we think we will finish and all that kind of stuff, whether we'll do well in the Cups or we'll do that next week because we'll have a better idea having all the friendlies out the way uh, and then we, we'll, we'll possibly know um, if we've got any new signings in so we'll talk about that next week but this week uh, what you've written down here Mark is uh, are we stronger going into the start of this season than we were at the start of last season or at the end of last season even yeah, I mean, and that might sound like a strange question to some Blues, because obviously there's been a lot of, you know, high hopes, I think, over the summer with some of the transfer business that we've done. But really, when you, when you look back at it now, 12 months ago, and I, I might be out by a day or so here for John Stones, right? but 12 months ago, we had John Stones, Romelu Lukaku, Ross Barkley, and Gerard Delafeu, and I think pretty much every blue saw them four as like four young crown jewels. And at that point, so a year ago today, if you'd have said to them, in a year's time, Everton will have sold all of them. Well, all right, I know Barkley hasn't gone yet, but he's going, let's face it. Could you imagine the riot there would have been? Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah, so... so if you look at them player for player, you know, so Stones is gone. We we ended up bringing Williams in, didn't we? And then we brought uh, Keane in now. So we are, we're stronger in that 
position, would you say? If you go purely on last season, last Keane had a better season than John Stones. That's that's probably clear as day for anyone. So potentially you could say we are stronger. Um, I'd say we were stronger in the goalkeeper position because Pickford's come in. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think there's also other factors you've got to look into. I mean, we we signed Balassi last season, so uh, you know we we were excited about seeing Balassi. Balassi's going to be out now for the next you know half a season, isn't he? Still with this injury, so are we a little bit weaker on the flanks? So we we we're a little bit weaker pace wise. Um, I just think you know. If the team, here's a question for you: If the team that started the first day last season played the team that basically started last night, for example, who do you think would win? The trickiest thing is Lukaku. I think everywhere else we've strengthened, and we've strengthened around the forward area. You know, if you if you think Rooney's come in for Kone, for example, um, and you know Sando's come in to you know, bolster. Um, both of that as well but neither of them are replacing like 25 goals a season so I don't know it'd be tricky he, he might he might he might be the difference he might be the difference between the two sides everywhere else seems to be strengthened but we are weaker there and a goal scorer might be the difference between so that sounds like I'm saying I think we were stronger last year it, it just popped into my head the other day when I was thinking about who we've sold over the last 12 months you know and you look at I, I just try I, I'm trying to step away from you know the, the sort of the good feeling at the moment and look at it as I say from last season's point of view if somebody had told me we would have sold it, I, I mean I was never the biggest LFAU fan and you know I've, I've been up and down with Ross at times but if you'd have told me we'd have sold those four players in the next 12 months at the start of last season I'd have thought there'd be no hope for us yeah I know yeah I mean we, you know, we, I can't remember Mashiri came in uh, towards the end of the season before was it so or was it last season I can't even remember how, how long ago it seems like it's it, we've been been in this glory state for a, a good <laughs> you know a good Six, six, to, six to nine months now. But was it last summer when he? Yeah, no, no, he was with us going into the start of last season as well. So obviously he financed the Blasi deal, etc. So, um, you know, I just think I think there'll be blues out there that maybe will think that Sandro and Klassen are a step down from Barkley and Delafayu. I think there's probably some blues out there who will still think that. Um, and then I think there's a lot of blues who'll think that maybe Rooney is not the player that Lukaku is. So it's a difficult one for me. I just, I just, I think what I'm trying to point out with this, the question I'm asking is, I just don't think we should get carried away. Uh, I think we've started rebuilding, we've started building a squad, but I think there's a lot of other things we've got to do. Um, you know, if Sigurdsson and Giroud come in, for instance, then I think we are stronger. I think we're easily stronger. But as it stands right now, um, I don't know whether we are. I think, you know, I think Barkley and Lukaku probably would have put Rizumba Rock to bed a lot earlier than they were put to bed. So, yeah, just going back to what, what I was saying there about, you know, the, the difference possibly could be Lukaku. 
But overall, if you look at the dead weight that we've got rid of, you know, the likes of Kone and, um, in fact, I can't even think of the other dead weight who've, who's gone. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the fact that we brought Sandro and Rooney in, we've, we've brought Klassen in, uh, in that attacking midfield role, um, we've consolidated with like uh, Schneidlin, um, you know, in in the last transfer window. Um, I, I think what we are really, really missing though is still an out and out uh, top wide player, because Morales, he, you know, he, he started working a lot harder, but with with that, I think the flair element of his game has gone a little bit. Um, I think we we really need that out and out. Wide player, maybe maybe a loan deal, uh, a season long loan before Balassi comes back. Um, but even Balassi, I'm not, not even sure if Balassi is the answer. Uh, overall, squad stronger. Starting eleven, I'm not so sure. Right, okay, I tend to agree. Um, you know, I think I think a couple of the players that we had at the start that we were potentially overrating them, particularly sort of Jerry. Um and I you think You just can't let it go, extent, can you? You're all arse. You can't let it go with Jerry. Well, you know, but I agree with you. I think squad wise we're in a much better position and if we can just get an extra two, three bodies through the door before the end of this window, particularly a centre forward, I'd also like to see a wide player like you say, someone with some real pace. Um then yeah. I think we're in a very good position. I yeah, I agree. We need a, I think we need an out and out target man centre forward. Someone to mix it up. It's all right having two mobile. Well, I mean, not, not that you know. You said Rooney wasn't particularly mobile last night, um, but two mobile like uh, forwards who like to drop deep. But I think sometimes we need to mix it up, and we need that out and out uh, target man. And yeah, wide player. Still think we need to uh, one more centre back. We're letting the youngsters go out on loan. Maybe, you know, Holgate can come in and be uh, the fourth challenge for those two places if we've got Williams, Keane, Jags and maybe Holgate in there as well. But I think just to strengthen, he might have to cover it right back. So we might need another um, experienced centre-back in there or a young up-and-coming centre-back. Um, one or the other. Uh, so I think three. Three bodies in. Uh, but... And Sigurdsson, on top of that, would just be gravy. Okay, uh, anything else to add, Mark? No, I think that's pretty much covered everything this week. I know it's a bit of a shorter podcast. Um, that's probably a good thing to most people listening. You don't want to listen to us waffle on for hours on end. Um, uh, and hopefully we'll do a bit of a longer one next week if we can both get in the same room together. Yeah, it's been a little bit... It, it's, it's about 40 minutes, but it's taken us about three hours to record this, so... Technology, it doesn't make things easier. No. Um, so what, what I want to, before we finish off, I, I want to say thanks again for all the feedback. You know, it, it's really nice after this spell of absence that we've had, you know, to know that, you know, people do are out there still listening. Um, but what we will ask is that if you are enjoying it, please give us a share and recommend it to your mates. You probably hear this on all podcasts, uh, all podcasts that you listen to, even the big ones, you know, tell a mate that's the best thing that you can do for us just uh, share the podcast um, and we want to start building up our uh, our iTunes following again I didn't share uh, we are also on Acast player for those who have um, non-Apple devices and we are also on Podbean 
for people who don't have Apple devices. So that's way of uh, listening if if you're not in the Apple Club like us. Can you get us on the wireless? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are on um, 96.3.2. 96. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. You put me on the spot with bizarre questions. You Is that shortwave? Yeah. You get a you get a crappy answer. There you go. I think I think we might still be on Stitcher, Stitcher Radio as well, so different ways of listening, but I think everyone who's listening will probably be listening on iTunes anyway, so uh, for your mates who you're potentially sharing us to, let them know. If they've got Android devices, there are a number of ways that they can uh, get us and hopefully on Google. Uh, Google Play Store soon as well. Did you see one of the little bits of feedback we had last week was, uh, it was a minor point, but he said, when you mention your mate, we haven't got a clue who they are, which is a fair point, really. So I'm well, trying not to, to mention any of our mates anymore. Well, no. Uh, yeah, no, I won't, I won't go there. <laughs> it's, I was just going to say... Were you going to say, like, we're mates with somebody famous then? No, I was just going to say, it's just good to have mates, like, like you said. Um... No, but I mean, but that's the thing. We we, we sometimes we get lost in it because we are just talking about going the game and that, isn't it? And, and I think that's what some people like about the podcast is we are just talking about bits that they can't nece- necessarily talk about. And, you know, our listeners in America might not have any other mates who are blues, so it is a kind of authentic. Apart from you know the fact that we talk utter shit most of the time, <laughs> an authentic look. Two lads who go to the game sit in a Gladys Street, and it's our kind of. It's our life, innit? So we probably will keep talking about random mates who you'll never meet. <laughs> Just bear with us. Anyway, enough waffling for the day. Uh, we'll have a little, another little one next week. Uh, talk about the Seville game and hopefully give our predictions for the upcoming season and a preview uh, of the Stoke game. Yeah. You, you said that we're going to talk about the Seville game. Are you going? Because I'm not. I'm working. I think I will go. All oh, right, that's good. At least one of us will know what we're talking about then. I'm going to do a uh, login and uh, watch it for free on your uh, season ticket login. Every time I've tried to do that so far this pre-season, it hasn't worked. Oh, it took me ages to get on the first game, but anyway. Sort it out, Evan. Sort it out, Blues. Yeah, anyway, thanks for listening, Blues, and we shall catch you all next week.